Today's scripture reading comes from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 42. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he may be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. It remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the chosen one. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. Then they came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which means Peter. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Darren. As I said, uh, across the parish, we will be participating in uh, a sermon series and a group study based on the Five Practices of Fruitful Congregations book written by Bishop Robert Skenazy. Bishop Skenazy wrote this book in the early 2000s, but it has recently been redone, um, newly updated, with new information about where the church and its mission are right now. So if you have read this book before, please don't uh, think, well, I've been there, done that. There's new information, uh, vital information that's in there. Uh, Pastor Amy and I are very excited to be kind of embarking on this collaborative and collective study time uh, because we are both very passionate about the mission that Jesus left us with. It is vital work. And so uh, there will be a sermon series uh, from now until Lent, also small group opportunities, uh, Sunday evenings at Republic at 5, Tuesday evenings here at St. Paul's at 6.30, and Pastor Amy offers uh, a Sycamore small group study on Wednesdays at 10. So please uh, engage in one of those small groups and help us with this conversation because we are fulfilling the work of Jesus Christ. He has entrusted us with it, uh, and so it is, it's wonderful to be able to pick up his work. So how many of you have ever been to Planet Fitness? Yeah, fair amount. My mailbox, my social media feeds, my television commercial time, my email box, have all been deluged with advertisements for Planet Fitness. Began about a month ago, 
as we almost reach the end of the Christmas season, when we're all just absolutely have eaten ourselves into the Holy Week, and we've decided we need to turn a new page. Planet Fitness knows this about us. I have seen so many advertisements for Planet Fitness that I can tell you their logo for 2023. Don't bring your low E into 2023. It means don't bring your low energy. With the turning of the calendar page into a new year, we often, and you've all been there, we've all done this, we take this time to reevaluate myself. I drive my husband absolutely crazy at this time of year. It starts when my new planner comes. I get real excited. I feel like I have a planner sister right here. We break out the pens. You know, we're looking up the, the most recent bullet journaling and to-do lists, and we check our Pinterest boards, and we're going to new year, new us, right? You're not, don't look at her when I'm preaching. That's going to get you in trouble. So with the turning of that calendar page, we, we decide it's a good time to evaluate ourselves, to make our vision boards, our mission statements for the year. This is going to be our year. We're going to declare our intentions, make our resolutions. And Planet Fitness knows that we are at our, our peak of planning the new us. If there was ever a time in my life that I might consider going to Planet Fitness, this is the moment. So let's be real. I should go. I, you know, I want to go. I need to go to Planet Fitness. Amen? It would be good for me. I know that. My doctor knows that. My family knows that. My friends know that. How do I know they know that? Because we've all talked about it but I haven't gone. Even though I know I need to, even though I want to, even though I have friends who go, even though I've seen advertisements, I know the slogans, I don't go. Why? Why? Well, here I can just speak for myself as to why I don't go. I may know the slogan, but I don't know the lingo. What if I get in there and somebody asks me something that I don't know the answer to, I don't want to look stupid when I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know the procedure. What do you do when you go in? Is there a locker room? Do you have to have a membership for the locker room? Where do you put your stuff? Where do you check in? What are they going to ask you? I'm not sure how the equipment works. What if people see me make a, a big blunder, a huge mistake? And right now, I can feel some of you biting your tongue. Because there are people in this room who have said, I'll go with you. I'll take you. I'll, I'll teach you the link. Well, I don't want to look stupid in front of you either. Right? I'm, a, I'm an intelligent, college-educated. You know, I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing in front of you, especially. You're my people. So why do we struggle? Why is it not enough for my friend to say, come on, the people are so nice you're going to love it there. You're going to feel so much better. It's going to change your life. So as I was, are you looking at me with that face? Really? She's one of the, come on, we'll go together. So at Republic, I said, why don't I go? And the voice of truth said, because you're stubborn. I was like, I'm sorry, this is not an interactive sermon moment. So why don't I go? Why don't we go? Why don't we do the thing? because I'm afraid, because of fear, 
fear of the unknown, fear of judgment, fear of mistakes, just plain fear of what I don't know, what I don't understand. So now you're probably thinking, what in the world does this have to do with our, our word from John this morning? What does Planet Fitness and my lack of attendance there have to do with this reading from John? What does it have to do with this sermon series and study that we are about to embark on? Well, you've heard this before. Hang on. We're going somewhere. You will get your books today, books that will help us to live into the ministry and mission, both personal and uh, the ministry and mission of our faith community, because what better time to do an assessment of ourselves than the new year. So between now and Lent, we're going to look at our own personal discipleship because a church is only as strong as its people. Pastor Amy and I will share our thoughts through sermon teaching. We'll talk in small group discussions. We'll read the book together. We'll look look at how we live our call through hospitality, worship, faith development, mission and service and generosity. It's a new year. New us, break out your pens, right? Your excitement is overwhelming me. I have begun this journey myself because where you want to lead others, you can't go if you don't go. So I've begun this journey of self-assessment myself. I've spent time in prayer and discernment and the Holy Spirit has not disappointed. I've had uh, a Holy Spirit smackdown moment already. I shared with the folks at Republic in worship last week in evening worship that I was praying about, Lord, help me. How can I reach others who don't know you? How can I minister? How can I walk alongside? And the Holy Spirit said, well, stop hanging out with Christians. The only people you hang out with are Christians. And I said, that is not true. I got real defensive real quick. I said, I have friendships and relationships with that one, you know, all right, fine. I hang out with Christians. Not by design. I don't choose to just hang out with Christians. but, But you come to the realization that you just start moving in the lane you're in. And the lane I'm in is heavily populated with other Christians. And so the Holy Spirit said, pick a new lane. I said, all right. I say all of that to you to say, be prepared for the Holy Spirit to jump into this new year, new you sort of program that you're, that you're opening up for yourself. And the Holy Spirit may point out some things that make you uncomfortable and defensive, and you may respond as I did and say, well, <laughs> that isn't true. And if you don't have a Holy Spirit smackdown within a couple weeks, I say, you may not be listening because we all have work to do. And so I'm going to challenge you to let yourself be challenged by this time. Let us as a church, as a faith community, be challenged by this time. Don't be afraid to think of something in a new way, in different terms. Don't become defensive thinking that that we have to defend our own practices like I did. Well, that isn't, what? That's not true. Do you remember when COVID first hit? How could you forget? I always think about Leslie. We had initiated a prayer initiative in January of 2020. And I said, we're going to pray for something big and new 
this new movement in the church. And in mid-March, Leslie texted me and said, is this what we pray for? I don't think this is what we pray for. We, we better be careful what we pray for because there's new and big things happening in the church and I, I don't like it. I said amen. But when, when business owners were so frightened over what was going to happen to their businesses that they were not going to survive. And then as I look back on it, something amazing happened here in Tiffin. It was almost as if they gathered around a table and said, okay, this is where we're at. These are the cards we've been dealt. We're in a cruddy circumstance, but we have the power to adapt and overcome. And from those innovative conversations, they decided to take all the picnic tables from the park and move them downtown so that restaurants could have people come and get to-go meals and then sit outside. They streamlined to-go ordering. Frisch has brought back bellhops. We went and did that just for the fun of, of having bellhop service. They offered curbside pickup. They expanded delivery options. Merchants held online sales from their shops so that we could see their merchandise showcased and we could shop from home. E-commerce had a huge boom. Food trucks made a resurgence because people couldn't gather and eat in restaurants. Even we, as the church, adapted. Much to my dislike, we offered online services. I said I would never do it because I can't tolerate to listen to the sound of my voice. Yet every Sunday morning, I gathered on Facebook with many others. And I know that right now, as a result of that, there are families who are gathered in their homes, who are worshiping with our faith community, who have never set foot in the sanctuary, but they have commented on our worship, they have engaged with us, they are an integral part of our worshiping community, they have supported our church, they are faithful, and I am grateful that they are there. Friends, I, I'm going to be really straight with you. The church in the U.S. is struggling, not just our church, the church. And if we're honest, we're facing an emergent situation. I have said this to you a hundred times before, there is not going to be a day when folks wake up and realize that they have forgotten to go to church their whole life. It's not coming. Just like I see the ads, hear the slogans, am invited, know I need to go, want to go, talk about going, but don't go to Planet Fitness. The people that we're trying to reach don't know the lingo. They don't know the procedure. They don't know where to sit. They don't want to be judged. They don't know what we do, how we do it, what we say, how we say it. They don't even know why. We do what we do. Or maybe, even scarier, they think they know why. We do what we do. And even though, even though they may know that they should come, even if they want to come, even if we invite them to come, chances are they're not coming. We as the church have to acknowledge where we are. Just like COVID forced business owners and those in leadership to sweep the plans off the table and start over and innovate, that's where we're at. Kind of like that Apollo 13 movie. Remember when they were stuck up here and all the engineers down here at Mission Control, they brought in a box of everything that they had on, on the ship. And they said, 
this is what they have to work with. We've got to get them home. We need to figure out how to make this fix this. That's where we're at. We're at that moment. We're at that same kind of moment where we need to look at what we have to work with and we need to innovate. Now, for the worriers in the room, this study does not mean we're going to change everything about our church. It doesn't mean that we are going to live beyond our connection. It doesn't mean anything's going to change in, in a drastic and dramatic way. I, I feel your worry. I address your worry. It's okay. We need to expand what we already have because what we have is good. They just don't know what it is. We need to expand our ministry vision beyond just being invitational, not in place of, beyond just being invitational. We need to allow God to guide us in new and innovative ways. God is a creator. God is doing a new thing. And God has invited us into partnership in that creation and in that innovation process. The prophet Isaiah wrote of the triumphs of God in Isaiah 43. I want you to listen to these words. The Lord says, for the warriors in the room, that's what I hear the Holy Spirit say, for, for you that's about to panic, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God. You are precious and honored in my sight. And because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. You are my witnesses. God says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not see it? Our God, who has protected, provided, and presided over us since before humanity existed. Our God, who has chosen us, called us to be God's witnesses, parted the seas, defeated enemies, led us in the dark of the wilderness, and sent us manna from heaven. Our God. The same God comes to the people of God and says, see, look, look, I'm doing a new thing. Don't be afraid. I'm doing a new thing. I'm crafting. I'm creating once again. And then often we say, well, that's not how we've always done it. I like the old thing. I like the old thing too. I love the old thing. The old thing is what moved me and got me here a place I would never stand because God's doing a new thing. God is revolutionary, and I believe that God is calling us to continue and to honor our traditions and our ways, but also layer in another form of ministry where we meet people where they are so they get us, so they know us, so they know the lingo, they know where they can sit, they know why we do what we do, I believe we are called to be invitational in our ministry, but I believe we are also called to be highly relational. And here's where we get back to John. John lived a life of invitation to Christ, literally. 
John was a spectacle unto himself. He was attractional just because he garnered a lot of attention. And John used that to be a harbinger, a lighthouse pointing towards the Lord. Literally, in Scripture today, he says, look, look, here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Look, there is the Lamb of God. And the two disciples were curious and began to follow Jesus. We need to live a life that says, look, here's what Jesus has done in my life. Look, here's where God has provided for me. Look, here's where the Holy Spirit told me I need to make a change. And when John said, look, and the two disciples responded, Christ saw their interest, noted them, and he invited them. He said, come and see what we're doing. Come and experience. There is value in being attractional, in offering the best we can do in mission and ministry. There is great value in being invitational and saying, look, there's Jesus. And then saying, come and see what he does. And we will continue to do both of those things just as we have for years to come. But the people that were saying, look, there's the Lamb of God, they're going, the what, of what, the who? We need to walk to them, live with them, be with them. Let them see how the Lamb of God has impacted our lives, offered us freedom. And so in addition to being attractional and invitational, I believe that as the church we are called to live among God's people, to know them, to love them. I believe that we're called to love them like Jesus did. Wherever they are, whatever circumstance they find themselves in, I think we need to stretch ourselves sometimes out of our comfort zones out of our lanes. I believe that our mission calls us to be in relationship with people, and I am so excited to see where God leads us on this journey. I'm gonna invite the band back up as we prepare to sing a song called The Commission. I hear these words as a gentle conversation with Jesus, where he's saying, look, I need to leave, and I'm going to leave this work in your hands, this holy work. Go and make disciples. Tell them about me. Because if you just walk up to someone and say, hey, I'm going to make you a disciple, they'd probably call the police. But if you say, hey, Jesus has made a, a difference in my life, and, or if you just live it, if they just see it in you, that's even better. And so hear our Savior speak to us and say, I know it's it's a lot. It's a lot to believe. It's a lot to take on. But I'm going to be with you. But go. time. 
but before I leave, go tell the world about Till then.